This is the Anyakim Yaakov Shira. We are on page Kuftada K. We're in the middle of Chavtes. We're looking at Hakerna. Hakerna. So at Hakerna, we're still in the story of Yehuda and Tamar. This is our second to last, I think, discussion of the Yehuda and Tamar star before we move along to Shalom. Um, at this point in the story, Tamar sends over the Simanim. We talked about the Simanim a little bit. We're going to talk about them more today. She sends over a signet ring, a seal, which could be anything, and a staff. And she says, Hakerna, do you recognize these things? Choose a very specific Lushan, Hakerna. Hakerna is not the way you say, do you recognize this stuff? It means like, please, I beg of you, do you see this? Do you recognize this? What's that mean? The same Haker that Yehuda used to make an announcement to his father was the Haker that Tamar used to make an announcement to him. What are they talking about? The Haker, Biser. What's it mean that Yehuda made an announcement to his father using the word Haker? So when Yosef had been, uh, when Yosef was put into a pit and sold, they brought his coat, the coat of many, the Technicolor dream coat, the coat of many colors. They brought it smeared with, what was it, goat's blood, right? They bring the bloody coat to Yaakov and they say, what's the Lushen there? Haker. Do you recognize this cloak? They use the Lushen, Haker. Haker nak sendis bin chahim loi. That same Haker nak comes back to bite Yehuda a few years later. A few years later, someone uses a Haker na on him. So the one who used the hakerna gets a hakerna used in the Gemara. Doesn't cite this as a case of Mida Kenegan Mida, but don't forget the sugya that we're in right now is the sugya of Mida Kenegan Mida. So there's a, it's an entire sugya in the Gemara of how everything in the Torah and everything in life has direct parallels. The same language that he used to deceive or to call out to deceive his father would ultimately be used to call him out. She said, do you recognize, please, who this chesemes and this, and this psilim, who this signet ring and this psil comes from? The word na is bakasha. Na means please. I'm begging you. Please recognize, uh, please recognize the truth. And don't raise your eyes from me. Please recognize what's really going on here and don't make up any lies. Admit that it was used. There's a hacker and there's also a no. Her life is on the line over here. Her life's on the line. The life of her unborn child is on the line, as the babies. voice from heaven is going to say. Two babies. Two babies. Two babies. Two babies. Right? Oh, what did he say? Her life is necessarily on the line. Yeah, Oh, he says it might have been a branding, right? Like we said yesterday, maybe her life's not on the line. The Gemara assumes it is. Okay. I've been teasing this for a while. I thought that tonight was finally the night to present it to you. You have a right to know what a psil actually is. For the past five years, I've told you that psil could mean anything. I want to prove it. So Rashi says it's a cloak. That's the one you've heard before. Rashi says, uh, that I want the ring that you sign things with, and I want the simla that you are miskasaba. I want the cloak. I want your outer garment that you're wearing. Rashi understands a psil to be his cloak, his outer garment, his coat, I don't know, his, le- his cool leather jacket, his outer garment. That's what Rashi understands it to be. The Sforno and the Bechar Shar, the Bechar Shar is one of the Balitesis, says, nope, it was his gartel. It was his gartel. This is the Sudr Shal Masnav. It's a belt that goes around your waist. It is the place where you gird your loins into. If you ever, you guys know how to gird your loins? I looked yeah. it up one time. It's not yeah. the easiest thing in the world. There's a whole art to it. It always says to gird your loins in the Torah. It is. They used to wear these skirty things. They had to roll them up and tuck it into a belt. So that's your belt, your, your gird loin, your loin girding belt. Uh, that's what they say it is. Give me your belt. Give me your gartel. As a matter of fact, we wear kapatas and gartlach today. We are all capable of girding our loins if we really want to. So, 
The chizkuni. The chizkuni says it's a rope for tying up wool. It's not even something that you wear. It's something that a shepherd keeps with him when he's making big piles of wool. He has like rope that helps him put all the wool together. This is the wool used for tying, the, r- the rope used for tying up wool. Uh, this is the uh, lashri psilcha liksher hatzemer. Psilcha to tie up tzemer. I don't know. The radak says it's your turban. Psil, give me your turban. Not a cloak, not a, not a rope, not a belt, a turban. The reason why he says this, tamid pasil is a tight lid on a kli. That's actually in this week's parsha. There we go. He found a connection to the parsha. Anything does have a tight fit. So a tight fit, a lid is a tamid pasil. So psil is a lid. And what's a lid on a person? As a matter of fact, I think in the military, I think in the Navy, they call a hat a lid. Maybe in the army too, yeah? In the olden days, in the olden days, they had the jug. They put like a cover on it. And uh-huh. wrap it around with a string. So you think it's the string that goes around the turban? Well, each person is... No, each, no, no, no. One this second. Each person here is... The, all the things that you mentioned so far, it has a pattern that it's a type of yarn. It's a, some, it's well, except for Rashi, who says it's a coat. A whole thing. Well, a garment, yeah. It's made out of a... Huh? Yeah, so there you go. Seal sounds like string. Yeah, the Radak thinks that it's a smith seal like a oh, lid, but the Ramban a, thinks what Mendel's saying. The Ramban thinks what Mendel's saying. So before you finish, Mendel, tonight you're mechavin the Ramban. Big night for you. The Ramban says that it's a small scarf that goes around the head that helps keep the turban in place. The, 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 the tie around the turban, which is the scarf around the head. That's the Ramban. Uh, the Nitziv brings that it, is a neta- it was a detachable collar that great men wore over their garments. I think this must be like what the, uh, you know when the Pelishas visit our show and you can tell who's from the Rebisha family because he's got a little velvet on his collar? It was one of those, the detachable velvets. So, uh, what? Oh, you think it's a Shakespeare neck thing? Maybe, I, I don't know. Then it seems says, it says apparently Yaakov's kids, he has a tradition that Yaakov's kids had blue ones to remind them of Hashem, which was a psil trelis, it was like their blue collar. They were, they were blue collar workers. The Balaturim says it was his tefillin. You know, you would think somebody would say tzitzis, but the Balaturim says it was his tefillin. Tefillin or psilim. I don't know, he had a second set. What, you don't have a second set? He put on his abandoned thumbs for a while. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> He had, a, he had a spare, it was a mitzvah set. That's what Mendel just said. It was a mitzvah set. So the uh, Balaturim says it was his tefillin. So just, just to, to drive home this point, because I, I couldn't resist doing this, we, we must be aware that the three Simonim were a signet ring, a staff, and something. Because the seal, totally unclear. Something you wrap, something you put on yourself, I guess. Does everybody a garment? Everybody agrees? No, not the chizkuni. Almost everybody says a garment. What's his proof that it's tefillin? He says, hapsilim hatfillin is the same letters. Hapisilim and hatfillin is, uh, is, uh, and the lesson she uses here is don't forget the psilim. Hachasemes hapsilim spells tefillin. That's it. It's a balaturim. You ask for a raya. That's okay. Yeah. How's that a raya? It's a balaturim. His rayas work by rearranging words. Hapsilim spells the tefillin. Yeah, but why would you say that in the Chumash when it says a word, it actually means the other word that happens to share letters? I'm not the balaturim. What do you want? Okay. Why these three simanim? There's a, there's a million commentaries on these three simanim. You'll find them just about everywhere. Uh, I can't do the whole thing right now, but I'll tell you just a couple of the, uh, the highlights. Bereshus Rabbah is probably the most famous one, huh? I'm not going to say the Basayan. No. The, oh, the Basayan is the Hanukkah one, right? With the Psil. Oh, that's beautiful. I forgot about that one. I love that Basayan. We're not going to do it anyway because I don't remember it well enough to say it. I don't remember it well enough to say it. Parrots will tell you after. Um, the Bereshus Rabbah says that the Chesim was supposed to represent Malchus, the Psil was supposed to represent the Sanhedrin because they wear sort of a talus cloak kind of thing when they're, uh, when they're judging, and the staff was supposed to represent Mashiach. I want to get a little Kabbalistic for a minute. Let's do a little Kabbalah. Yeah. We haven't done Kabbalah in a long time. Right? It's been a while since we did Kabbalah. 
the Zayar says that these are the simanim of Matranisa, which is Nehi. Make sense? What? Perfect. What? You didn't get it? Did I yeah, stutter? The simanim of Matranisa, which is Nehi. Chassidim. I thought we were in Bali Don't worry, I'm going to explain it. The, the way I'm going to explain it, though, is not because I know what the simanim of Matranisa, which is Nehi, are. I'm going to explain it by telling you what the Rebbe Rashab says it means. The Rebbe Rashab explains what it means. The Rebbe has a sikha where he's to the Rebbe Rashab. You'll find that in Lukut Sikha's volume 15. From Parshas Vayeshev, didn't write down which sikh it is, so I guess just dig around till you find what I'm talking about. But it's in volume 15 of the Kodesh Sikhs, and signed to the Abedashab. The following is the explanation. If I want to explain something to you, I need to use all of my midas, right? I'm going to have to use every part of my za to get to your malchus. That's the way it works. If I want to teach you Torah. The first parts are simple. I'm going to need to use my chesed and my gevura. My chesed is my urge to tell you absolutely everything, to just list every zayar and tell you every magician, go through a long discussion of what every commentary might think the word psil means. That's my chesed, the hashpa. Uh, nonetheless, I recognize that this is only supposed to be a 10-minute share that is always 18 minutes, and it's mainly your guys' fault for asking questions, but you know, it's also me for rambling, and and, the, and we have to give a couple seconds to soda opening, so that's how it gets long. There is uh, the gevura. The gevura is where I limit how much I'm going to tell you to what I think will work for the audience, and what I think I'm able to explain and what I think works for our time. Okay, that's my chesed and my gevura. Those combined with Ferris, so far so good. What do we do with Netzach, Heid, and Yisrael? What is, what, what is their job? What is their job? Yeah, so, I, so the, it's a very good explanation what Adam just said. Adam just said it very well. Is that chesed and gevura are very much for me. It's me deciding how much I'm going to give. Netzach and Heid are when I look at you and decide how much you can take. So Netzach does the same thing as chesed, but mitzad the makabo. And Haid does the same thing as Gvura, but Mitzad the Makabal. That is, I look at you and decide what you can handle. And so it's the final step before I get to Yesaid. And Yesaid is my final packaged piece of information. Yesaid is the shear. And Malchus is what you hear, right? The Malchus is, the, is, is what is received. Yesaid is the final product. And that final piece, Yesaid, is not just a product of Chesed, Gvur, and Tveras, but also a product, a product of Netzach and Haid that decided how much exactly you could handle, not just how much should be out there. What the, uh, what the Rebbe explains is the Zayar is trying to say about these three simanim, and I think um, he says which are which. He does. The uh, chesim is Yisaid, the tabas is malchus, and netzach is the psil, and haid is the again, staff. Again, again, again. The chesim is Yisaid, that's, that's the signet that's in the ring, the signet in the ring. Tabas is malchus, that's the ring itself, because she's going to wear a ring that has a signet on it, it's Yehuda's signet. So malchus is the ring, the chesim is Yisaid, netzach is the psil, and haid is the staff. That's what they all are. Why do we need these things? Why does Tamar need these things? Because Tamar's whole goal is to bring Mashiach. We've been talking about this as the undercurrent in Drosh of this entire discussion. Bringing Mashiach means Binyan Malchus. You have to build up Malchus itself. If you want to build Malchus, Malchus needs to get a hashpa. Where's Malchus's hashpa going to come from? Zah. But it can't just get chesed, gvur, and tferis raw. That won't work. It's going to need to be refined perfectly by the three simanim. It's going to need to be that the hashpa from Zah is mixed up with it. Even the Netzach, even the emotive midas. Chesed, gvur, tferis, and you said. These are Zer Anpin. So Zer Anpin's uh, hashpa is going to have to be tempered by, by a little bit of Netzach, a little Hoyd, a little Yisrael. These are Tamar's three simanim. So Tamar comes to Yehuda and says, I'm ready to build Mashiach with you. Tell me, do you have, do you recognize this Netzach, Hoyd, and Yisrael? Do you think this is the hashpa we can use to use a Binyan Malchus that will allow us to bring Mashiach? So there, we did a little Kabbalah. I feel like we fulfilled our obligations. I, uh, I will tell you, as long as we're here anyway, and with that we'll end for tonight, is that in that same sicha, the Rebbe uh, is very bothered by Rashi's understanding of chesim. So he spent a whole lot of, a whole bunch of time tonight on psil. What about the word chesim? What's chesim? Chesim is a signet ring, right? That's what Rashi says, not what anybody else says. Everybody else says it's a seal, right? Just a signet, just a seal, not a signet ring. Rashi insists that it's a tabas that has a signet on top of it. And the Rebbe has a whole sicha where he tries to figure out why Rashi feels so insistently that it must be a ring with a seal. However, at the end of that sicha, which is a nigla sicha, at the very end, he has b'yena shel terah, 
the condition goes back to the balitesis. <laughs> um, that, that's a good answer. There. You hear Mendel's answer? Mendel's answer is you can't make a, I mean, you, you can make condition with a chesim, but in order to get the minig of the ring, you know, for the, the kedushin ring minig, it would have to be a ring, right? Otherwise, we'd be giving our wives our seals. With my family crest, it wouldn't necessarily. No, a lot. No, I'm not. Rashi is not alone in saying it's a ring. There's other people who say it. Many commentaries say that it's a chesim is a is a normal stamp. Not everybody, but a lot. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the Rebbe in Yena Shaltera at the end of the sicha. Huh? Don't worry, I'm going to tell you. So. The Rebbe says, a tabas represents teva. A ring represents nature. And most Jews, and all Jews, I guess what we do is we wear, the, we wear the ring of nature all the time. And it's fine to walk around with a ring on our hands and to tell the entire world that we're natural beings and that we're pretty normal. We actually are pretty normal. We make it in business. We make it in the world. We're pretty normal. That is the tabas of our lives. However, we have a little bit of craziness bubbling just beneath the surface, a little bit of madness, a little bit of mysterious nefesh, a little bit of shtus, sometimes a lot, some of us more than others, you know who you are, but everybody has a little bit of a bubbling beneath the surface, a chesem, which is the seal of Hashem. When God made the world, he made six days of creation, and then on the seventh day, he put his seal in the world, his chesem, on the tabas of teva, and called that Shabbos. On the simplest level, what this means is that we look normal for six days, and then we tell the office, sorry, not picking up the phone for a day, and that's where, uh, that's where our craziness shows that no matter what's going on, no matter how busy things are, we're ready to take the work that we've done for six days and watch it get flushed down the toilet. If that's what it means to keep Shabbos on the seventh day, it's a little bit of our craziness bubbling beneath the surface. And this is what makes a Jew a Jew. A Jew is a Jew because they are a tabas that has a chesim. A Jew is a Jew because despite the fact that we appear normal and act normal and work within this world, there is bubbling right beneath us the level of mysterious nefesh that, hey, I'm a normal guy who does normal things, but if you ask me to worship an idol, I will die rather than bow to that rock. There's a little bit of that in every single ring of the Jewish people. So the Rebbe says that when we talk about the, when we talk about a, no, it's within our nature. So we don't just have a ring, which is our nature. We have in our ring, we have a chesim. We have the seal of God in our ring and they're attached. It's not that I have a chesim and a ring. It's that my ring has a chesim. Its main feature is a chesim and that I might look like I'm wearing a ring and I might look like I'm just another guy. But if you, if you, if you, if you rub me the wrong way or the right way, you will discover that there is a chesim bubbling right beneath the surface, the pure name of God right on, um, as the very fundamental feature of my entire life. Do they think 